The adventures. That's what we're here for. All okay. the adventures. Ready to rumble? Yep. Let's do it. Talking about stuff, talking about things, talking about you, talking about me. It's none of our country. And we are celebrating. It is Canberra. Hello, my name is Henry. Welcome to Canberra, Conversations in the Capital. Today, inside the National Film and Sound Archives, I am joined by Tim the Yowie Man, an adventurer, tour guide, travel writer, an author, a mystery investigator, a crypto-naturalist. For over two decades, Tim has gained renown throughout the nation's capital for his exploration and investigations of Australia's haunted phenomena and unusual happenings. His enthusiasm and passion for the subject has led to countless adventures across the country and numerous collaborations, national and international. Even after all this time, Tim's personality is one which has maintained throughout this city, a household name accompanied by curiosity and wonder, a man who has undoubtedly contributed towards the nation's capital's cultural legacy. Tim, hello, how are you? Jeez, is, is that really about me? Yeah, it's really about <laughs> you, my friend. I'm, I'm fantastic. Thanks, Henry, and I'm really happy to be here to, to talk to you. I'm excited. To, I'm excited to have you. When, I, when, when this whole project started years ago, you were, you were at the top of that list, you know, and it's so cool that we're chatting here today in the National Film and Sound Archives. It was going to be outside it, but then the place we were sitting at, there were too many mosquitoes, and we managed to, <laughs> managed to sneak on in, which is absolutely lovely. You offer ghost tours here. Yeah, I'd actually feel safer if we were back out outside because I wouldn't, a mozzie bite is much better than a ghost tapping on your shoulder, Henry, which is what happens here. This is, this is known as not only one of Canberra's, but one of Australia's most haunted buildings. Yeah. So there are ghosts about, and it's because, not because they're scary movies, sure. but because the building's history, it opened up initially in the early 1930s as the Institute of Anatomy, yeah. which means it housed human and animal remains that were stuffed into glass jars people came along to gawk at them as you can imagine a few uneasy spirits left behind mm. and it's that reason that the building is supposedly haunted of course and you give tours here you offer other experiences as well for people to look more into the supernatural and the, and the spooky when i was writing that introductory paragraph about you i found it hard to describe you in the sense of what you do. So I came up with six different occupational <laughs> nouns instead. Yeah. I guess my first question to properly kick things off is, how would you best describe Tim the Yowie Man? To you, who, what, how, where is yeah. Tim the Yowie Man? I'd describe Tim the Yowie Man as someone who, with a passion, looks into unusual happenings in and around the world, but with a focus on... Canberra because I live here and a, fo mm. a focus on Australia. When I when I look around and I see wherever I go, I, I want to look, I want to scratch the surface. I want to look deeper than what you just see on on the surface. And one of the reasons I love doing that, for example, here in Canberra, is when I first came to Canberra 30 plus years ago, mm -hmm. it had a reputation, which it still does to an extent, a dull, boring place. And I thought. <laughs> I'm probably going to be here for the rest of my life. Do I want to live in a dull, boring hellhole? Sure. No, 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 no way. Um, so I started scratching the surface, and it's not. It's it's a this wherever you look, there's stories, there's intrigue, there's there's mysteries. But I find most people don't do that. They just go to the day to day life, and they don't scratch the surface. So I, I guess to answer your question, Tim the Owie Man, is someone who likes to scratch the surface wherever <laughs> it is and find out what's underneath. How That's about awesome. that? That's brilliant. I want to get into the history of this name. 
Yep. Where did the name Tim the Yowie Man come from? Way back in 1994, I was at university at ANU. Mm-hmm. Uh, right nearby? Right nearby. ANU, I was doing economics honours year, and I was trying to put a value on various natural assets, such as Tibbinbilla Nature Reserve, Brindabellas, etc. Of course. And I was up in the mountains near a place called Mount Franklin, and I, I encountered this large, hairy, ape-like creature, uh-huh. long arms, no neck. Now, <laughs> we laugh now, but my immediate reaction was to turn and run. I, 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 was, I was scared. This was something unknown to me, and I was by myself. And I didn't turn and run. I, I sort of gathered my thoughts and thought, if I turn and run, this thing could chase me. So I walked backwards, step by step, keeping my eye on the creature till I got back to a fire trail, turned and ran, ran back to the car. Yeah. Kept it to myself for a while. Mm-hmm. Then I told some mates what had happened, uh, fearing that they'd ridicule me. Sure. And they said, oh, Tim, you've seen the, the Yowie. And I said, the what? I, at that stage, I'd never heard what it, never knew what a Yowie was. Yeah. They said, it's the Australian version of Sasquatch, Yeti, sure. Bigfoot, whatever you want to call it. And so I looked into it a bit further and there had been other sightings up in that part of the Brindabellas. So I became quite obsessed. I wanted to get to the bottom of what I'd seen. And people started calling me, oh, there's that Tim the Yowie hunter. Oh, okay. And I said, no, no, I'm not hunting this creature. I don't want to be, I'm not out with a gun. I want to try and work out what I saw. Sure, so yeah. at, that, at that point, I made a... A, a, a decision no I'm not the Yowie hunter if you're going to call me Yowie something call me the Yowie man yeah. and the name stuck amazing. and now it's been there ever since amazing and something else that I've heard you described as which I have described you as tonight is a crypto naturalist could you explain what that is as well yeah soon after Tim the Yowie man that concept was born so to speak sure yeah <laughs> Everyone, when I did like a radio interview, there were no podcasts back then, Henry, nothing like of your, course. nothing yeah, of your yeah. caliber at least, <laughs> um, and, or TV shows, people go, so what's, what's your profession? And I'd been to uni and done economics and law. I uh, couldn't say that really, didn't really fit into the, to the scheme of things. So I actually invented the term. Okay. I invented the term and the profession, crypto naturalist. Coined it. Coined it myself, which yeah. is basically... There was, and still is, there's the field of cryptozoology, which is the study of strange or hidden uh, animals, you know, strange or hidden... Was that one? That was, might have been one then. That one? <laughs> that's one of the good... No, that's a ghost. <laughs> that, that's a, yeah. um, strange or hidden animals, um, sea serpents, yetis, etc. Yeah. But what I wanted to do was not be so confined to that. I wanted to look at all sorts of nature, whether it's unusual lakes, you know, like Lake George or unusual things in nature, like things that people see in the sky. So I expanded that field of cryptozoology to to become a crypto naturalist. So I guess I <laughs> I borrowed the word and twisted it a bit. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> so that well, that's why you went for oh, some dictionaries I think have picked up on it. Or oh. if you do a search on whatever search engine you use, it does does pop up in all sorts of places. Well, there now. you go. Yeah. Very intriguing. <laughs> Let's bring it back to those early days of this entire journey, let's say. What are some things you remember from the earliest days of this? Because I'm assuming Tim the Yowie Man now is quite different in multiple aspects to how Tim the Yowie Man kicked off. I remember a guy called Rod Quinn. He, he's still on ABC radio overnights. He heard that I'd been up in the mountains and seen something unusual and asked me to come into the ABC Canberra studios. And I went in there and told my story and he, you know, it was nice, fun radio for a, a weeknight. Yeah. And he said, hey, I'm short on material, um, you know, not much going on in Canberra. Will you come back and do, will you come back and do a weekly segment? Yeah. Uh, have you got enough material on sort of mysteries of Canberra? Yeah. 
And I said, yeah, of course I have. I've got heaps. <laughs> the producer, <laughs> she the producer was like, yes. Of course I had nothing. I didn't have one thing. I didn't have one. But I thought, this sounds like fun. Yeah, so, yeah. so I went and sort of tried to look into other mysteries during that week. And then one thing led to another and it just snowballed. And uh, that radio segment then went on for a couple of years. And of course, that list of unusual and mysteries and great things to talk about in Canberra expanded to, to the thousands where I could be still doing that weekly segment <laughs> yeah, if I wanted to. For sure. And then I thought, this is a, this is a lot of fun. Yeah. Oh, this is this is fun, but I'm not getting paid for it. I was still working at that time in sort of a public service job by day, so to speak, <laughs> yowie man by night. <laughs> and I thought, how can I turn this into a, a career? I need I need money, of course, to survive. So I started writing for magazines around the world on sort of my little adventures, starting off in Canberra, then going to Loch Ness or looking for pyramids in Samoa, Lost Pyramid. I was starting to spread my wings, so to speak. Of and course. That was the only way that I was able to, I guess, fund the move from the mild-mannered economist, <laughs> which I was back then, into the, well, still mild-mannered, but okay. the mild-mannered yeah. crypto-naturalist, a, a, a different sort of um, career. With the way technology was, I, mean, I guess many ways wasn't back then, with that lack of social media and everything, could you kind of get a sense that people were listening more? You know, like, were there more people trying to, like, get in touch with you or approach you being like, hey, were you the guy, were you the guy talking about the, about the things on the radio the, the other night? There was a bit of that, the, the, but, you know, because back then you had mainstream TV, everyone sort of watched the TV, you know, the, the media wasn't as spread out as, as, as it is now. So if you made an appearance on national TV, a lot of people did know about you. Now, yeah. if you showed up on the Today Show, only, you know, 100,000 people, whatever the, I don't know what their ratings are. Sure, yeah, no, yeah. Back then, almost everyone knew, everyone was watching a certain number of programs or listening to a, a certain number. So, I used to get a lot of letters back then. This is before <laughs> sort of email showed of up. But then I actually established, I established a website back then with the help of some friends who were cluey in that area. And it was mm. actually, um, I remember Telstra had it on their, their own website. It was like the the top 10 most visited websites, I think in 1996 no wow. or seven, some year back then, people wanted to, you know, engage and report on unusual happenings. So, yeah, it was a turning point in, awesome. in terms of technology. And eventually that led to, like, more, I guess, travel writing. Tim, the series yeah. kicked off. Yeah. What yeah. do you remember about that? Because, like, you're, the car is outside <laughs> right now with that logo on the side of it. That's what right. What was Tim the Series? Uh, so Tim the Series was uh, a local production here in Canberra. A group of uh, locals wanted to, I guess, showcase some of the things I do, including some you know haunted places like a haunted house down in Bombala called Burnham, a homestead, sure, the mysteries sure. of Lake George or Weirawa, which we all which we all love. Yeah. Um, and 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 also fun things like looking for the best pie on the south coast <laughs> and things like that. And and they very much saw it as. Um, uh, some of your listeners may have heard of the Leyland Brothers. It was something way back in, I don't know how long ago it is now, the 1970s. Sure, sure. <laughs> Google it if you haven't heard of them. <laughs> they, they were the two brothers. They explored around Australia and they were sort of out there, mini adventurers. And these guys in Canberra that put together this series, they, they saw this as sort of a modern-day version of that. But I guess because of the splintering of the media, et cetera, that we've just that we've spoken about, it didn't really take off, but so it's on YouTube. There's a series of, you know, Tim the Owen running around doing doing lots of fun things. But we always thought if it was 20 years earlier, it probably would have taken off. <laughs> <laughs> but I still got the car. Of 
Tim, at some point in the 2000s, Cadbury came a knocking because they weren't happy that you were using the word Yowie in your name. And, and they went to court, and at the end of it, you beat the corporation that has copyrighted the color purple, and you've kept your name. Can you tell me more about everything I've just said to you? <laughs> yeah, it's, um, I thought it was a joke when I um, when I first heard that they were coming after me. You know, I, I'd gone to uh, it was a it was an intellectual property case. I'd gone yeah. to trademark the name Tim the Yowie Man, which I'd been using for since nineteen ninety four or five. After I was Tim the Yowie Man hunter for that brief time, and yeah, Tim yeah, the Yowie Man. That's it. Um, uh, they at the same stage were Cadbury Schweppes were at the same stage marketing a little chocolate mm. uh, I remember them the yeah, little, yeah like a kinder surprise but it was yeah. like uh, had like strain animals you'd put together inside it yeah they thought hey this Yowie Man character when someone goes this was their legal argument okay I kid you yeah. not that's it when someone goes when a kid goes into a shop yeah the kid could be confused as to whether they're going to buy one of our chocolates or they're buying Tim. The Yowie Man. The Yowie Man. (laughs) (laughs) But that's because big big corporations like to protect their intellectual property no matter how silly the case is. So they said... Okay, you can't you can't use that name, Tim the Yowie Man trademark. You know, um, it's ours. We 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 want to own the word Yowie. You you know, I wasn't after the word Yowie. I didn't care. Anyone in the world can use the word yeah. I just yeah. wanted to be Tim the Yowie Man. Yeah, exactly. Which I was. I'd been Tim the Yowie yeah, Man for, for years. <laughs> and, I, and, and I'm still in. And, and I got quite nervous because, you know, in, in a trademark case, you don't get damages. So mm. even if you win, sure. you still got to, you got to pay for all your legal costs. Yeah. I thought one of the only ways I'm going to win this case is if Cadbury back out because even if I win at the first stage of the court process, they'll appeal and eventually it'll go up to yeah, federal court, high court, high whatever, court, and I'm, I'm not going to be able to afford, afford it. it. Yeah. As it is, I did have to fork out considerable sums of money for a, a lawyer who also worked quite cheaply for me because he <laughs> thought it was a ridiculous case as well. Yeah. We won the case, but then we were really worried Cabbies were going to appeal it. So I went to... A current affair today, tonight, all those programs. It was the classic David versus Goliath, and said, "Look, you know, here I am. The, the, I don't taste anything like a chocolate. And I'm just sitting." <laughs> I showed up at the court case in a hearse, yeah, because yeah. it was a symbolize, symbolizing that you know, if if I got beaten in this, it's the death of small business. The small guy, oh, great. Um, That's great. It's That's the a death, metaphor, yeah. and <laughs> and so that was splashed over the papers and on the news and stuff. And so, Cabri's decided not to appeal, and I could from then on be Tim the Yowie Man. My or, without you know them chasing me but that all took years all that process and it, yeah. it took probably took years off my life as well and in <laughs> oh, retrospect everyone yeah. goes well why did you fight so hard for it you know just let it go but i don't know i i i'd spent a lot of time and effort creating the the persona of tim the owie man i didn't just want some chocolate company just to to run away with it that's it plus as I said, I don't mind who uses the word yow it stems from all sorts of words including yahoo which dates from um, indigenous times you know uh, anyone you, know, you could be Henry the Yowie man I'm not going to yeah, stop sure. you doing that I saw it as a as a win but it, it was a win at cost because it, it took a lot out of me but you, you did it for the people well the, not necessarily the, the people I did it for myself yeah, first yourself, but, 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 but also the, 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 but the people the little guy, pe- the little guy benefits <laughs> yeah, and I get a buzz every now and again when uh, it must be a, it's a case that is like a, 
I don't know what the uh, like a precedent, so to speak. In it's like uh, in the film uh, The Castle. It's, it's like in it's it's a case study. You, you, the castle. It's a case study. <laughs> Even if if you hear in various law schools around the place, it, sometimes it's studied as as a, you know when people send me emails going, "Oh, you wow. that guy." And that's amazing. <laughs> so um, well, yeah, so a, vi- a victory for the small guys. That's it. Okay. And hey, you've kept that persona since. And that's right. Looking back on, wow, like what 20, 20 years now of yep. this. Like I, I touched on this before, but I want you to kind of think of it in a like even broader scale now. How are some ways Tim the Young Man has evolved? Whether that be personality-wise, maybe, or the amount of experiences that are offered, the amount of knowledge that is now in here, has that slightly shifted in any way? All of these broad elements. I guess the way Tim the Young Man has evolved, he started off being... We're talking about him in third person, aren't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't know if I can say I. Anyway, Tim the Young Man, he was doing all these writing for magazines and the like. And and back in that day, this is the late 1990s, it's before the internet got big. So I could write for a magazine in England or write for a magazine in the US, one Mm. in Australia, one in somewhere else, and write almost the same story and just just tweak it a bit. But then with the internet, that went. Once you've written a story, it's gone. It's out there. So... It was becoming very difficult to earn enough money to sustain myself by just writing the articles on, on what I did. So at that, that stage in the early 2000s, I decided, um, and I was also looking to you know, settle and mm-hmm. get married, which I did not long after, and then mm-hmm. have kids, etc., in, in Canberra. And so I thought, how else can I be Tim the Owie Man without travelling the world, exploring mm. mystery locks and yeah, yeah. unusual places. So I came up with the idea of doing tours. And so very much over time, I've evolved from becoming from being the writer to very much a, a tour guide. And initially, it was only ghosts and yowies and UFOs and things like that. But the big change, particularly, I think, over the last five to 10 years is I still delve into that. But the big change is I'm now absolutely obsessed with history. So mm. it's, it's moved from, from that strange phenomena into curious history. So every, every little town I go to, whether it's you know um, Braidwood, whether it's Gundagai, whether it's Bombala, whether it's Collector, anywhere I go, I'm almost overwhelmed. I get there and I go, <laughs> I, I start scratching away. I scratch yeah. at that surface <laughs> yeah. and yeah. all these stories come out. Particularly if I wear the hat, people know in this area, a lot of people know a little bit about me so mm. people will come forward and tell you the unusual stories which if you, someone else just rocked up in their community they wouldn't and so i've very much morphed into almost like a not like a keeper of stories but a teller mm-hmm. of stories to keep these stories from you know the last 200 years or so that people have been living around here to keep them alive and that's what i'm that's what i'm more passionate about now than mm. ever people contact me daily i might still get five to ten i kid you not five to ten emails a day about yowies <laughs> i respond to all of them but i don't go investigating yowies anymore yeah. I, I i i'm very much um in fact i should be the historian formerly known as tim the yowie man <laughs> i don't know or, or the amateur historian yeah, i don't know yeah, do you know what i mean yeah, I, yeah, i'm yeah. now i'm now sort of I don't by any means regret going down that path that i did no. but it, it gave me a passion for finding the scratching that surface and finding the stories that really make places come alive and and I feel they're the stories that need to be told whether it's through tours or through writing so that's a huge that's a huge evolution and 
I've turned 50 this year and I'm concerned that uh, there's not enough years left <laughs> because now I'm just, just in this area. My, my mind every day just is exploding with so many stories that haven't been documented that will potentially get lost if they're not told through tours or written down. Yeah. So uh, does that answer your question? It absolutely okay. does. Yeah. That's a, That's a big a evolution. Re- it is. <laughs> and it's a really cool insight into it all, you know, like going from – how, how everything started, the humble beginnings now to almost feeling like you're that keeper you know, yeah. of other people's, in a sense, humble beginnings. And at the moment, I'm going through a phase where I'm, I'm also quite concerned about almost every day I get a message from someone that wants to tell me a story, but they're not going to be around much longer. Yeah. As in they say, like, I'm terminally ill or something. And I'm actually having difficulty dealing with it, not because I want to, don't want to go talk to them, but coping with the number of stories that people want to tell me, I've sometimes got to say no, and, and it's awful. Someone wants to tell me their story. They also tell me in the same phone call, hey, I've got a month to live, and I know I'm not <laughs> going to go be able to see them. It, it's, um, yeah, I, I don't know what to say about that. I really find that disturbing, concerning, but at the same time, I feel I'm in such a privileged position where I can tell stories that I need to do that as much as I can. And Mm. so every time I miss one of those opportunities, uh, I feel like I've I've let the community down. So I'm I'm grappling with that at the moment. Yeah, that's fair enough. It's a lot. There's there's a lot on your shoulders right now. And I think that's testament to everything over the last 20 years and how much you've left the community. I just wish there was, I could clone other little yaoi men. <laughs> like my kids aren't that really interested in this sort of thing. But, but, but I really want to, and people often say, you know, well, where's your team? Where's your secretary? Where's your, you know, and it's not, there's, there's no one else. It's just me. And there's various times I wish there were other, I could, you know, they could do more, be more than one place at one time because I, I, you know, and that's only, it's telling the story through my eyes as well. Like I, and through my lens, but, I just wish there were more Tim the Yowie men out there because I don't want to just flood all the storytelling with how I'm seeing the stories. There needs to be Henry the Yowie man or Henry the Bunyip man or whatever you want. Sure. John the Story man or sure, Jessica sure, the Story sure. girl, whatever. To, But I feel this storytelling is, 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 is being lost and I want more people to be doing it. Mm. That's a that's a lovely a lovely thought, absolutely. And you've mentioned you've mentioned your children, you've mentioned your family. How has that separation been? Not separation from them, separating the character Tim the Alley Man from the person Tim. Yeah. Well, I never really thought there was a huge separation until my oldest daughter Sarah. Uh, said some years ago now, hey, uh, why do you talk to people different on the phone when you're Tim the Owie man? And, and, and I do. I'm, I mean, as soon as I put the hat on, I am, as time has evolved, more and more a different character than when I take the hat off. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's, I guess there are the, and, and I, when I used to work in the public service, it was a lot more obvious for, for me because either day I'd be sitting there in the, in the cardigan and the, in front of the old Amstrad or yeah, computer or whatever, yeah. working away. 
And then at lunchtime, I'd be doing a, a TV interview somewhere. I'd, and I'm not joking. I would literally leave the office, go into a local phone booth, <laughs> in bar, and I would get changed into the gear. Yeah. I would come back. I would <laughs> I'd do the Tim the Owie Man stuff for the th- half an hour lunchtime, whatever. Come back, sit down quietly, type out the, the, the work that I was doing, the ministerials or whatever. And then at night, slip back in again. Yeah. I remember one, once I went away, um, I had to go to Wales because I was doing a travel radio Man, show on, okay. on yeah. mysteries of the, of the world. Sure. And I didn't have much leave up my hand, so up my sleeve. So I went to Wales on a long weekend. What? So I left on a Friday afternoon and got back early Tuesday morning. And people in the office said, oh, what did you do for the long weekend? <laughs> <laughs> well, I went down to went, went down to Browley. The surf was pretty good. <laughs> My goodness. Well, has that gotten? Would you say that's gotten easier or harder to separate uh, as the time has gone by? I think it's got easier because the Tim the Owie Man, the mild mannered economist slash public servant, doesn't exist anymore in terms of employment or anything like that. So I don't yeah. have to maintain that charade so I, I i find i can more turn it on and off when i need to so when i'm at home i'm i'm not tim the owie man the hat gets put in the downstairs in the garage and it stays there till i leave and in fact of with course. the kids because it is such an unusual being a crypto naturalist there's only one in the world no, it's, a, it's a very unusual one profession one. career so i i guess i've shielded the shielded a lot from them like uh they didn't even know what I was up to often. And I remember what went to one of the, the teacher in their class sort of got wind of who, who I was and what I was doing. And I showed up at the, I think Emily's, my younger daughter's year five class. And she didn't really know what was going on. She goes, that's daddy. That's you. What are you doing? So it's, I guess it's something that I've, I've kept separate to, to, my, to my home life. Moving slightly to that public perception now, do you ever get a sense that there are certain preconceptions of Tim that accompany all of it, the outfit, the get-up and stuff like that when you talk to people, when people hear your name after all this time? Uh, Not so much now, but particularly in the early days or even up until 10 years ago, Mm. because it is an unusual name and they go, oh, that guy, he says he's seen a Yowie or whatever, immediately they're they're dismissive. I remember once I worked at a, I guess a trial run at a, at a prominent Canberra radio station. Sure. And it went all successful. It was great fun, etc. But they said, along the lines of, we're basically happy to offer you a, a job here, but you can't use the name Tim the Owie Man. You need to be Tim Smith or Tim whatever the other name is. Yeah, okay. And I said, no, that's not who I am. The reason people are engaging with me and the reason I'm able to tell these stories and get these interviews is because I'm Tim the Owie Man. If I'm, if I'm not Tim the Owie Man... I'm not doing the, the job, so, so I didn't do the job. Wow. So that, that was disappointing for me because I, I love the, the world of radio yeah. because I spent a lot of time in the late 90s and early 2000s doing interviews like sometimes an average week I might do 50 to 60 radio interviews around wow. the world yeah, okay. at various times on, like I was like establishing. On the phone and stuff? And yeah. yeah okay. so, so, and then um, I'd go on tours to different countries and go to all those radio stations and I'd be part of their breakfast program that morning and stuff and I love that that really happening thing so I was disappointed that happened but um but I think it was for the best in the long run What 
are some of the most memorable experiences that you have experienced in these last 20 years around this country? You've heard of the Tasmanian Tiger? Yeah. The thylacine? Yeah. Dick Smith, 20 years ago, I think he still does have a million dollars on it if anyone can get any evidence of the Tassie Tiger. Yeah. So a young Tim the Owie man, struggling for some food on the table. Here's an open, here's an invitation. So I went down to um, to northern Tasmania where there have been some supposed recent sightings of the presumed to be extinct Tasmanian tiger. Went to local pubs, which often that's the way you get your research in the cryptozoological, crypto naturalist yeah, okay. world. You go to the yeah. local pub and start talking to people. I rocked up in my, you know, my uniform, so to speak. You know, back then I was like an overgrown boy scout with the, the hat and, and, and the, still an overgrown boy scout on my. On my <laughs> Um, rocked up in the uh, rocked up in the pub and they and I said oh well I'm looking for Tasmanian tigers and you could tell people across the bar they were looking at each other sizing me up going like this guy's he's a bit of a what's he who's he think he is um, anyway one of them says hey there's if you go down this track down this road etc and you gave me directions there's been sightings down there you know why don't you go down there you know fairly precise instructions or directions so I went down there driving around looking at night because they're nocturnal creatures sure um uh, I know, it was pretty late at night. Um, suddenly, in front of my headlights, runs a creature. I thought, it's a, what is it? It's just a kangaroo coming. But it wasn't hopping. It was, it was a creature with four, four legs. It yep. had stripes. My heart's going nuts. This is, I'm seeing a Tasmanian tiger. I'm jumping out of the car to grab my camera and try and chase the creature. And for some reason, as I got out of the car, the the Tasmanian tiger didn't run away. I thought I was going to just, you know, this is the last one. You know, it's as if it's eluded everyone. Why is it just hanging around? I, I got up a bit closer to it. My heart's racing. I thought, oh, here's the million bucks. Yeah. I've got to, I've got to get, um, got get my torch, get my torch shining on it. One of the most exciting times in my life, Henry, turns into one of the most disappointing. There in my torchlight was not a Tasmanian tiger but a greyhound with stripes painted on oh, it. Oh, no, you got pranked. I got pranked <laughs> <laughs> by the guys in the pub. They got oh, me good. And they go, but um, <laughs> I, and I, I was dirty. I was filthy. <laughs> I, since then, as you can tell, it's it's actually a good story to tell. It's a fun story to tell. So at the time, I wasn't laughing, but um, on reflection, it, it sort of... It sort of summed up what I, you know, what I do. It's a bit of fun. It's all about the journey, and that was very much uh, a journey in more ways than one. And you know, I've gone, I went back and had a beer with them the next night and stuff. And, <laughs> and <laughs> when you're looking for or delving into UFOs, bunyips, Bigfoot, sea serpents, Loch Ness monsters, whatever, you you can't. I don't think you can take yourself too seriously. So it was a good lesson. Also, I, I've I've learned over time to laugh at yourself and mm. you know um it doesn't mean that these phenomena don't exist in various guises and that people that have reports of them aren't pranking you it just <laughs> it just means you know it, it's it, you know we only live once have, have some fun if there's some laughter or a prank to be done then <laughs> why not somehow be you know somehow get involved in that that's it or, or at least appreciate it yeah. not, not necessarily get involved in it <laughs> it, it, it is about that journey and your journey has gone on for a long while now 
That's good. Well, are you talking it's about as if I'm dead? Yeah, I'm not I'm dead sorry, yet. You're not dead. No, it's, just, it's, just, it's just set up to the following question. I'm oh, okay. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> oh, I'm still here. Yeah, we might be in the film we're and sound archive. Uh, we're today <laughs> I'm no ghost, no, not yet. No, but if I'm yet. a ghost, I'll, I'll come back and haunt you. That's for sure. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, for, for saying that. Fair enough. Um, if you were able to give a message to a younger Tim the Yowie man. What might be something you might say? What might be some advice you might give him? All right. So a younger Tim the Yowie Man or a younger Tim or both? Oh, why not? Let's do both. Okay. Yeah, sure. If you're All right. Good, yep. Let's do the younger Tim the Yowie Man first. So Tim the Yowie Man was born, so to speak. Yes. Um, <laughs> so mid-1990s, he had to have a, a fun vehicle to get around in. So at that stage, I bought a Jeep Wrangler. And my advice would be now, Tim, do not buy a Jeep Wrangler. <laughs> they are terrible... <laughs> fuel consumption, terrible repairs. They might be okay when you get off track, but no, they're going to cost you an absolute fortune. That's the, so, Jeep. So, that's the Jeep outside. That's the Jeep that's still here. <laughs> <laughs> that, 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 yeah, that yesterday, I went to the my local mechanic who um, suggested it, that he wouldn't drive it and that it needed $7,000 of repairs oh, and no. a 19, late 1990s Jeep. Yeah, it's not oh, worth that no. much, but but it will be repaired because it's, oh, it's, no. it's part of the persona. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I'd so. buy... A barina. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Something that wasn't gonna <laughs> something that wasn't gonna cost me that much. So that's the young Tim the Yowie man. A young Tim. Ah, I went to uni, did actuarial studies initially, then economics and law and you know, thought that's what the world was all about, you know, going mm. to uni, getting a serious degree, then getting a serious job. Um, I guess a young Tim now I'd say by all means do that but you know chase your heart and that's what I ended up doing so I, in, in, a, in a way I, I've chased my heart and done what I wanted to do but there's still a few lost years there which I wouldn't have minded if I started that earlier but on, on the other side I needed to have those few years to sort of get a grounding and get some sort of money behind me mm. with a serious job etc so so yeah, I probably wouldn't do that much for from a younger Tim. I think I've followed my dream and younger Tim and, has uh, absolutely nailed it. Yeah, yeah. he has. Tim, the <laughs> but but the older Tim, oh. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's stuffed up. <laughs> Don't buy a Jeep. Don't buy a Jeep. <laughs> People ask me, should hey, I've seen your Jeep? Is it a good? And I say, no, it's absolutely crap. Don't get a Jeep. <laughs> I think you should double. I'd be like, you know what? This is the best vehicle I've had for the last twenty years. <laughs> oh dear. Oh, hey, at the start of all this, you mentioned that Canberra is a place that you know you just got to go look at and you can find the things and I feel like that in itself is an opinion about Canberra that isn't considered that much right yep definitely I, th- this is a question that I'm asking everyone this right. season yeah. what would be the most controversial opinion you have about the ACT I don't know if it's an opinion or what, what I think should happen, I guess, more. I yeah, think th- this is a bit weird. No, sure. It's, I mean, that's the I, question. I, yeah, I, mean, that's... I think our politicians, as in our local ACT government politicians, mm-hmm. should be paid a lot more. Okay. That's probably controversial, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, okay, yeah. Elaborate, absolutely. Tell <laughs> well, me more. Well, 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 over, you know, I've lived here since the early 90s, so I've lived here for a little, you know, 30 odd, 30 plus years. And in that time, the city has evolved in a way I'm not overly happy with. And I think it's because well, the reason I want to increase politicians' <laughs> wages is I want to attract the best minds there are. I'm not saying that right, there are some good politicians out there now, yeah. but want even better politicians and the bad ones to go away. Right? Right. Um, yeah. And, you know, we are the national capital, the best country on, on the planet. We 
we were unique and we are still unique as the bush capital. But I find over the last 20 or 30 years, we've, we've rather than being ourselves as our own city, we've tried to become bits of other cities. You know, you know we're not quite big enough for Sydney or Melbourne. Hey, look, we want to put our coffee lanes in the back of these shops. We want to be like Melbourne. We want to, sure. we want to build our high rise in Belcon. We want to be like Sydney. I want us to be the bush capital that we were hmm. 30 years ago. I want us, well, 40 years ago. <laughs> and, you know, we're a huge spread out city. Um, and I think if we had really smart minds in control of our city, maybe it wouldn't have gone down the path that we are necessarily at the moment. And also, you know, we've only got the, the two levels of government here, federal and state. So the, our local politicians are the local council and are the state government. They've got to do mm. the two roles. And I think that, that sometimes that gets a bit, uh, there's a bit of conflict there. Sure. So that's um, probably not a response you're expecting. No, that, it, it definitely wasn't, yeah. absolutely. But I, I, I like how you've elaborated on it. Okay. Because you, you, you went from, I think they should be paid more, and then the, the next topic sentence sounded like, they're not doing good enough. <laughs> um, but no, you've come back around. No, the reason I want them to be paid sense. more is to attract, attract yeah, uh, the, the best minds. The best minds in our, in, our, in our society should be running our society. Yeah. Yeah? No, for sure. The same the same as same as teachers, you know, teachers should be paid more because, you know, they're teaching our society. They, you know, the, I think we've got it all our pay scales or <laughs> whoever gets paid and crypto naturalists well. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, they yeah, should yeah. Uh, give them the yeah. billion. <laughs> Dick Smith, Dick Smith where are you? <laughs> well, look, you've accused me of of making it sound like you're you're close to carking it uh, Tim, but I have a, I have a question for you next that well that that will go the other way with it. Um how is the future looking? Where is the future looking for, for Tim the Yowie man? I think the future... What is next? Not well, the funeral. No, no, not the funeral, <laughs> but, I, but I, am, I am obsessed with, with local history and just scratching the surface and finding all these stories. And I want to do more and more tours of every town I can find cool. and, and bring people to that town. That, you know, I want to go to a town that there's, the, every second shop's empty and I want to do tours that are going to bring people and might open one more shop it might get some more activity in that place as time goes on and as the kids leave leave home <laughs> the yowie man might go back to his old ways in terms of traveling i'd like to travel more around the world and go investigate that pub in Tasmania. <laughs> <laughs> i won't be going there <laughs> go sit by loch ness for six months and just yeah. with a pair of binoculars and just uh yeah, just just look out there. Just um, I guess explore the the world more. I've I've spent a lot of the last twenty years in the backyard here, mm. and I'll always come back here. But I think I, I just want to spread the wings a bit when when I can. But more than happy to return because it is still the best place in the world to live. Mm. And Agreed. yeah, uh, I love it here. That's it. Finally, Tim the. Uh can I just say, firstly, this has been so much fun. This has been a lovely conversation. I've been looking forward to it for ages now, and this, is, this has been an absolute delight. But um, the floor is open to you. Is there any final things you'd like to say to those listening before we wrap up tonight? I think... I actually want to commend you on your, on your, oh, your no, podcast. No, 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 no. <laughs> I want to commend you on your podcast. But in a, in a, in a broader sense, um, you might have heard the term Canberra-file, you know, someone that really loves their city, loves where they, they live. I feel over time we're losing our sense of place i think you know i feel very much attached to, to this to this city and i feel i feel like if, if you if you like a place or you're happy with it express that tell people how good it is tell people how good canberra is make a podcast about <laughs> interesting and bizarre and weird and also you did a few normal characters as well <laughs> 
I think I, I mentioned before, be, be true to yourself. If you've got a dream, follow it if, if you're able to. And obviously, every, not everyone can. I've been in a privileged position where I've been able to do that. Um, but if you're able to just follow your dream in some way, do it because, you know, you only live once and enjoy the journey. It's all about the journey whether it's a podcast, whether it's searching for the Tasmanian tiger, whether it's life. Life is a journey and try and enjoy every single moment of it. There'll be ups and downs, but only by having the downs do you know how good the ups are. Very well said. Tim the Alley Man, thank you so much for joining me tonight for this conversation. It's a pleasure, Henry, and I look forward to coming back and haunting you here in hopefully <laughs> 40 or 50 years' time. Sounds brilliant. <laughs> Folks, my name is Henry, and from inside the National Film and Sound Archives, this has been Canberra, Conversations in the Capital. Stay safe, be kind, and we'll see you all very soon.